Math Nights is dedicated to building the problem solvers of tomorrow. We set our quest beyond the test and inspire Math Nights for life. If you would like to connect with us, please feel free to follow us at hashtag Math Nights or follow me at rmartiellonpsd. We look forward to learning with you. Hello, Math Knights. It's just you and me this week. Ron Martiello here. Uh, we don't have any special guests today, so I promise to keep it to about 10 minutes. And uh, I would like to do something um, that we haven't done before. I was given a question, uh, and so let's call this segment Ask Math Knights. And the question is, you know, what does rigor look like in my classroom? Rigor is not something that is tangible. It's not like something I could take a look at and point at and like, there it is. It's not something I could pick up um, and measure. It's it's more along the lines of a, a, one of those big ideas when it comes to our math instruction. And many times I speak academically on the podcast. I do. And I try uh, my best to kind of draw a bridge or construct a bridge to, to the classroom. Uh, but I also know that that takes a little bit of you know, mapping out on the teacher's part. So I hope this conversation helps to create that bridge between that big idea of rigor and helping you to understand exactly where you can find it and how you could plan for it in your classroom. Let's think about the word rigor right now. Uh, the word rigor uh, sometimes gives us a feeling of dread inside. Um, we might be anticipating a tough workout that we have to go to. And uh, I know I love to work out and I love to work out rigorously. I love to sweat and and make sure that I, I'm getting stronger and staying healthy. Um, that's not the definition of rigor because that's the, that's, the kind of feeling that you know makes kids run for the bathroom or try to sharpen their pencils uh, when you want to do math. So, and it's not what we're looking for. The, the definition of rigor that we're looking for here is that we're pursuing um, a process of learning, and we're we're pursuing it thoroughly and in a balanced way. So, when people talk about rigor. We're not trying to put kids through these paces in math where we're trying to get them to sweat through these math problems and be so difficult that they can't solve them. It's like we want them challenged. We want them engaged. But it's more about the deeper thinking and making sure that we're we're going through our paces and following the process of that deeper thinking through conceptual understanding, procedural skills, and real-world problem solving. The first part is that conceptual understanding that sometimes we can forego uh, in the name of trying to get to the procedural skills, the stuff that we were brought up on that we may have a preference toward. So we need to make sure that we, we, we explore conceptual understanding thoroughly before heading into procedural skills. 
because this is this is the base camp of learning. This is where students begin their climb. And so if students don't understand how addition, subtraction, multiplications, fra multiplication fractions work, then trying to teach them a process without any understanding or any context, we're going to get short-term gains in what we give them as quizzes and, and assessments, but we're not going to get that long-term understanding and we're not going to get that transfer of learning from you know one year to the next. So conceptual understanding is a bridge between what students know and what students need to learn and how do we draw that out of them. Procedural skills are the next step. Procedural skills are incredibly important. That is where the numbers do the work for us. And this is what we know to be math. This is what we grew up on math. Although in our upbringing, we may have known one way to do division and one way to do multiplication. Um, but there may be some other ways that we can bend algorithms to do the work for us. Um, when we talk about procedural skills, uh, we're definitely talking about structures of numbers and how those structures can work for us and how we can use those structures to work more efficiently. And so that's where procedural skills kind of come in. The final element of rigor is the real world problem solving. And real world problem solving is where students reach back for that conceptual understanding and how these, these concepts work. They then apply their procedural skills in relationship to that conceptual understanding and the problem they need to solve. And ultimately, they become proficient mathematicians. So we've gone through the myth of rigor. We've gone through the three elements of rigor. And now it's time to make good on my first tip. And in order to plan for rigor, the first step is just paying attention to your standards. You see, the standards were created based off of mathematical progressions. And these progressions kind of told the story or the narrative of how students learn counting and how they learn numbers and operations in base 10 and fractions and measurement and data and geometry. And they talk about how this foundational start to their learning begins in one spot. And it, again, just describes how they are going to learn until they get to mastery. And those progressions have a combination of conceptual understanding, procedural skills, and suggested ways to do real world problem solving. So when you take a look at your standards, your standards they kind of slice up the progressions and they put it into more manageable pieces so that school systems and textbook programs could kind of take a look at those and say, okay, where do these fit in order to make sure students are learning everything they need to learn, but also in a way that is sequenced um, so that students can learn them best. And uh, so I would definitely pay attention to your curriculum guides or your program resource that you're utilizing to and see how those standards fit and how they create a balance between those three elements of conceptual understanding, procedural skills, 
and real-world problem-solving. My second tip is to pay attention to the language within those standards because the language in the standards are going to tip you off as to whether or not you're working in conceptual understanding, procedural skills, or real-world problem-solving. So if you see the word understand, the Common Core authors love the word understand, and that has a lot to do with conceptual understanding. So we are going to be doing a lot of drawing out of knowledge from students, their understanding of where they are and what they've learned, and trying to bridge the gap to where they need to go as far as their understanding of addition or subtraction or multiplication or fractions. So we want to make sure that we're paying attention to words like understanding. Another word that jumps out at me is represent. You know, how do students represent uh, their mathematics? Are they utilizing manipulatives? Uh, are they drawing representations and models? Are they using equations but to demonstrate those conceptual uh, pieces? Can they use a table to formulate their thinking? Like There are all different ways that these models and representations can draw out understanding from students before they're ready to tackle the procedural piece. Another word that jumps out is fluently. And when we talk about procedural skills, like that word is usually hanging around a standard that that's talking about procedural skills. Um, that word most of the time deals with speed and accuracy. And again, that's in our wheelhouse because that's how we grew up. But it also means like thinking flexibly and making connections between some of those procedural skills so that we could work more fluently. So be on the watch for the word fluently. So that last tip led me into this final tip for you, and that is please, please, please do not forego any of the elements of rigor. Don't forego conceptual understanding to get the, to the procedural skills. If we forego conceptual understanding, then students will be in uh, a difficult place as they try to transfer the learning of today to learn the skills of tomorrow. So we wanna make sure that we approach every piece and every element of rigor thoroughly and deeply as we work through this process. There you have it, Math Knights, my three tips for rigor and how to apply rigor thoroughly and deeply in your classroom. One, trust those standards. They're built on those progressions to get kids through conceptual understanding, procedural skills, and real-world problem solving. Two, inside those standards, look for language like understand, represent, fluently, not just addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Finally, make sure that you do not skip over conceptual understanding because we want to make sure students are able to transfer the learning of today 
so they can learn what they need tomorrow. Take care, Math Knights. I want to thank you for taking your valuable time to listen to the Math Knights podcast today. Again, if you'd like to connect with us on Twitter, just search for the hashtag Math Knights Digital Community. You could also find me at R Martiello NPSD. You could also find this podcast on a number of different platforms. So please search for us on your favorite platform and feel free to leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Take care, Math Knights.